Hey, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. I hope you can see me online okay. I, I can't see you. Uh, I wanted to be, we wanted to be gathered on in our building on Christmas Eve, and I can't get out of my driveway. But I'm not here by myself. I'm here with my family. Uh, they're safe. Some of them flew in. Uh, we're, we're safe. We're hoping you're, you're safe here this afternoon uh, as we gather and celebrate the birth of Jesus. And so I just want to take a moment. If you are with us and been with us for a while this last year, it's been an amazing year. 2022 has been phenomenal. And uh, I just want to say thank you for those that have been giving and supporting all that we've been doing uh, as a church. And so even though we're not physically present today, the body of Christ has been active this, this last year in many different ways. And I wanted to give you just a sample of the sacrifice and the faithfulness that we have in this last year. Uh, as maybe you're thinking about your end of year giving and you're going to finish we're going to finish strong in that uh, financially given to church. It doesn't just go to the church. It actually goes through the church. And one of the areas that we've been able to do that is, is through Hands of Hope. And Hands of Hope is a ministry that we support children that are in, in a need, uh, not only knowing, finding and knowing the Lord in a wonderful VBS program, but also we feed families. And so we did a Christmas offering kind of leading up to where we're at. And, and we've collected over $6,000, actually $6,029. And what that equates to is actually feeding about 275 families for about a month. And so in the most impoverished area of the world, we as a church being able to give. So way to go, North Bay, way to be faithful in doing that. And that generosity spreads throughout the world and really throughout our community. Now, if you're new with us in, and you're tuning in and I'm talking about money, don't even worry about that. We're just glad you're, you're, you're a gift to us that you're willing to take some time either this Christmas Eve or sometime in your Christmas week here uh, to watch this and to enter in with us. And we're just glad you've found us as you found this link and to be a part of what we're doing. Now, I don't know what your Christmas season's been like, but, but we know here in Whatcom County, it's been crazy the last couple of days with the, with, the, with the weather that we're going through. There's been a lot of unexpected things that happen. I, I don't know what you planned for 2022. Like you look back in January and you had all these goals in mind, these plans and these expectations. Some of those came to fruition. Some of them didn't happen. Uh, if if you would have told me that the year you know a year ago that my my son is getting married here in just less than a week away, uh, it's crazy. But that's happening, and so all this say is maybe this Christmas it's been pretty predictable. Let's just say a lot of it has been unpredictable. Maybe the year, and and there's just a moment. There's moments in our life where we've we've gone through things and we've experienced things that that surprised us. And it's interesting. There's a there's a word in the Bible. That's a, it is a Christmas word. It's part of the Christmas story. It's the word suddenly. Um, if, if you're watching, can you say it out loud with me and, and those here in the room that are with me and my family? Can you say the word with me? Suddenly. OK, suddenly. Good. You said it. And the word suddenly, um, you know, we kind of like the word when it comes to novels. Maybe, you know, you, you actually pause whatever movie you're watching or what a book you put down. But it was hard to because you're in the middle of a movie and you're middle of a book where things maybe seem pretty straightforward and you're kind of getting along. And all of a sudden, suddenly something happens. And that's when the book becomes a page turner. 
you're like, I can't put this down. You're on the edge of your seat wondering what's going to happen next in the suspense of it. I, I love that. But you know what? I don't like it in real life. Do you? I, spare me the drama that goes on. But we've experienced that. A lot of drama. Just the weather this week's been a lot of drama. I mean, we wish we just had normal, predictable, sunny, well, actually, northwest rainy days, right? Just give me rain. That's all I want, the mundane. And yet suddenly it's brought a lot of disruption in our life, whatever it might be. That it's so suddenly can be good. Suddenly can be not so good, right? It, it can be, things can happen. You know, you, you wake up in the morning, you check your phone and you go, suddenly you get this text. Who's this? You're, you're working away and suddenly your boss approaches you. you. You get a doctor walking in on a room with lab results. Suddenly, you know, they're, they're, you look outside and you're like, what just happened to the world? I just saw the news this morning that there's a cyclone bomb that that's circulating through the Midwest, a weather bomb. Like, really, do we need that? But that's what's going on. How about this one? You, you got the test back and it had this pink line across it. And I'm, and I'm not talking COVID test. I am talking the one that changed that little test. That little line that says you're pregnant or someone you know that you're responsible for is pregnant. And guess what? That suddenly everything changes. How many, a baby changes everything. This, if you're not a parent yet, or you, you know your parent, like what changes is sleep. That's actually what really happens. But, but here's the thing. It, 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 they can happen to us personally, a baby changing everything, but it, it changed the entire world. As Chris referenced in the prophecies, you know, we had 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Between Malachi and Matthew, nothing happened. And then suddenly it did. Suddenly without warning. In fact, there, well, there was some warning because there was prophecies that took place. In fact, if you look at the birth of Jesus, there were so many prophecies fulfilled. In fact, for the life, whole life of Christ, there's 300 of them. But one of them, it was this very birthplace. In Micah 5.2, this is what it says. It says, but you, Bethlehem, Euphrata, though you are small among the clans of Judea, out of you will come for me one who will rule over Israel, whose origins are from old and from ancient times. So what was foretold and predicted happened, but it it was suddenly it happened. And when really the way it was suddenly, it was, it was the most surprising way to the most unexpected teenagers. And announces we're going to look at here in a moment to the most outcast people around. You see, if if you're here, uh, you know, watching at this moment online and, and you're you're wondering, you know, is the Christmas story true? Which that that's what we go through in life is we wrestle with. Is this really true? Can I tell you, there's a lot of a lot of facts to say that this happened. It happened. It's a historical thing. This might be the first time you're hearing this. It might be the 51st time you're hearing this, but let it be alive into you. This Christmas story, this Christmas Eve, this unique Christmas Eve that we're celebrating that happened long ago. And if you're wondering what the story is, it, start, it starts like this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. Because here it is in Luke chapter two, verse one, it says this. And those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the census that took place when Quirius, who was governor of Syria, and everyone went there on, on their own town to register. Augustus was the Caesar, which is a king, ruler, and it was during the golden year of the Roman Empire. They would say this is probably the, the, where the, 
where the Roman Empire was the strongest between a couple hundred years before the birth of Christ and a couple hundred years afterwards. And this span of time, it covered three continents, the power of Rome. And they had this motto. It was called Pax Roma. And Pax Roma means Roman peace. But the peace, it's the irony of it, the peace would come by force. So they would roll in the Romans and they would occupy an area, of course, kill away everybody that was opposition to it. And they would take control. And they said, we have established peace by force. And see, until then, that being so strong, the Lord and the Savior of everyone there in the Roman Empire was Caesar. And, and But little did they know, they would know soon, but then empire offering true peace, a king that will emerge, overtake, and outlast the likes of none other and live beyond any, any evidence even of the Roman Empire still existed, was, of course, this new king, a new kingdom. And suddenly it happened. It wasn't out of pomp and circumstance. It was, it was out of inhumility and really obscurity that took place. See, this is what Luke goes on and he says about this. He says, so Joseph also went from the town in Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, which we looked at last week. And Joseph's perspective, all that happened, suddenly he finds out that his fiance is pregnant and he knows it's not his. I mean, that's a big disruption. It happened. And, and here it's happening. And so then it says they went to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting child. Now, long before clicking, swiping, or mailing anything in, if you're a census need to be taken, you had to go to the place that you were born, your family was born. And so this, this trip was not convenient. It was like 90 miles okay, of travel, plus Mary was pregnant. Now, the ladies that are in the room and in our family or anybody else that's watching, I don't think any of us want you would want to walk 90 miles pregnant. Now, some would say, well, she was probably riding on a donkey, right? The Bible doesn't say. Even if it did, ladies, would you really want to be riding on a donkey 90 miles? I don't think so. But here's where it says, while they were there, so they got to Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped in cloths and placed him in a manger because there's no guest room available for them. It's hard... To, to understand how um, the thought of placing a newborn baby in a, in a feeding trough, but that's what happened. You know, Jesus wasn't, you say, you know, you heard the phrase being born in a barn or stable. No, most likely it was a cave. That's how they just took care of animals back then. It, it was the most humble place. And, it, and, and, and it, it was the most humble way of a birth announcement. It didn't come through Instagram or Evite. It was the most unorthodox way, but the most brilliant way. That God did this. It says, he said, this is what he's going to do. There were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now we, shepherds, uh, well, let's just call them what they are. They're actually, well, the sheep herders. And what I mean by that is they were outcasts of the people. They lived on the edge of town. And this is actually still true today. A few years ago, I had an opportunity to go to Israel. We were ascending into to Jerusalem near Bethlehem in the hills of Bethlehem. And our tour guide from the bus, he says, hey, look out there. Someone even asks, you know, hey, what's all these, you know, little, little, there's little flocks of sheep and there's little shacks and where, where, where all these people are. And he goes, oh, they're squatters. 
They're, they're, you know, and he kind of looked down and people look down on him because they're taking somebody else's land. They're not, they don't even own anything for themselves. And think about this. Even today, shepherds are not looked upon very highly. Imagine 2000 years ago, but it's interesting here. Shepherds were considered untrustworthy. They're considered, considered religiously unclean because they touched dead animals. They, they did dirty work. And you could say that, that you could smell them coming into town. Okay. But, but shepherds were officially labeled sinners. They, they were classes despised people because of the life they, they lived. But these shepherds probably weren't thinking that anything would change. Life would be mundane. Life was fine. Suddenly something happened. It was a dark, cold, uneventful night. And no one expected, even dreamed what would happen. But here's the first Christmas. It says an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Do not be afraid. Here's rough and tough shepherds that were now afraid. And we always talk about this, like an angel appeared. Every time an angel appeared, there's fear, right? It's not some little cherub angel. I mean, it was like a warrior appeared before them and they were afraid. It's interesting this last year on the, on the Bible app, the verse of the year in 2022, you know what it was? Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. What does that tell you about last year where people were out? There was some fear that people, and that was assurance for them. So the angel says to them, why not fear? Is because of this. I bring you good news. Not about you. I love good news. I love hearing it. And it's interesting that word good news, you know, it's one word. It means gospel. And, the, and, and what gospel means, it, we, we look at it as kind of a, a church word, a Christian word. Actually, when it first came out, it wasn't that way at all. It was a Roman word. And the word gospel, was, in, it was in, what it meant was announcement. We've got good news. The, the, the Roman crier would come, or Roman centurion would make this announcement to a village. And he would cry out. And I'm not going to pronounce it perfectly, but it's the word elongalon. Okay, and, I, and don't quote me on how to pronounce that, but that's where we get the word evangelism, which means gospel. It means I got good news. And typically what this meant is the Roman guard or someone would make this announcement to all the people. Two things would happen is this. A war has been won and a son has been born. And so you think about a war has been won. What is the Roman saying? Hey, guess what? We moved in another region and we took that area and we won. Pax Roma, we're strong. And so guess what? To all the people there, don't mess with us. We just did this and we conquered this. We're getting stronger. We're getting bigger. That's what they're saying. Good news for us, not so much for the people. Like, really? A, and then the other one, a son has been born. Typically a son of royal birth that was announced. And, and, and they're probably going, it's not good news for us. Another dictator in line. One dies out. Another Caesar rises up. And yet... What happened? Suddenly there was a moment, an announcement of a different kingdom. Now this angel saying, I've got good news for you. A war has been won, a heavenly war against good and evil. And guess what? There's been a royal birth. A son has been born. And, and, and I think we all know, at least if you don't know, I want you to remind you who that is, because it was prophesied hundreds of years before who the son was. Isaiah says this, for unto us a a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. 
Man, that's one powerful baby, isn't it? And if, if you think about this, is this kingdom that was going to be built, it was going to be a threat to all other kingdoms. I mean, if you already think you got a kingdom, you're in another kingdom comes along, guess what? But this kingdom that was going to happen wasn't going to come by force. It was a kingdom to win the hearts of people, not to bring force peace, but to actually bring true peace. And it would be ultimately the one in that manger that would be sacrificed for that peace. That's really good news. Good news means good story. I mean, it starts with a good story. It starts, the Christmas story is a good news. And why is it good news? Because it's good news that will bring what? Cause great joy for all people. All people. What does that mean? Not, not just some people, not just religious people, not just rich people or poor people. All people, people, <laughs> all people. And, and God was saying all people, even the shepherds, even these ones that are considered outcasts, the, the, the outsiders, the commoners, everything. They're saying, no, this good news of great joy to all people. What's the announcement of all people? It's this. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ, the Lord. And there will be signed to you. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now a sign. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? A sign of what? Well, these shepherds, I think you need to know this. They weren't just ordinary shepherds. They had fields near Bethlehem, close to Jerusalem. Scholars would believe they were specific shepherds. They raised sheep that would be used for the temple sacrifice. The baby lambs, the ones that were born, that are considered unblemished, perfect, being having no defect, they were worth a lot. And they were kept with special treatment. They were brought straight from the birth to the temple courts and sold as a sacrifice. And guess how did they wrap those, those little baby lambs? You got it. In swaddling clothes, soft cloth. And, and, and presented them to the temple. The cloths and manger. So when the shepherds understood they, and they saw and they heard this, they're like, special cloth? That sounds like lambs. Well, what it really meant was the baby would be considered the perfect lamb. The, the Messiah would, would come and one day, of course, we know this, sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. The perfect lamb of God. The uh, Jesus's cousin later on, John the Baptist said this, look, as he's coming 30 years later, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. This picture of a lamb, this baby wrapped in, in swaddling clothes is this perfect foreshadowing of what is to come and what was needed to be the sacrifice for all of mankind which he did on the cross to be the savior. What a savior has been born. He is Christ. The Lord. I don't know about you. That's pretty cool to know that. But here it comes. Here's the word of the day. Here, here it is. After all that happened and the angel appeared, guess what? Here it comes. It's the word. Suddenly. Suddenly. Say it with me. Suddenly. It happens. Suddenly. It's almost like if you're, you're, you're in a dark field and someone hit the switch of like Lumen Field. You know, maybe you watched the Seahawks today. Maybe you shouldn't have watched the Seahawks today. I don't know. I want to give it away if you haven't watched it yet. But I tell you, the, the lights come on. The whole stadium lit up. That's what's going on this dark, dark night. A heavenly host. Now, what's a heavenly host? You're thinking it's a choir. No, it's actually an army. 
And this is the, what the angel armies praising God. It says this glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. What peace to those whom his favor rest. This Pax Roma. No, no. The peace of God comes on them. It says when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the, the shepherds said to one another, well, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened. What's the thing? Well, the greatest thing, like the thing of all things, which is the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in the manger. The, the good news was proven. It was good news. They 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 heard it. It was going to happen. It happened. It wasn't it wasn't fake news, right? We've heard that a few years. It was the good news. Christ Christmas is not about what what we have done. It's what has been done. Okay. And so when we look at Christmas, we kind of go and well, how do we respond to that good news, right? The good news of great joy. Savior's been born. How do you? Well, here's what I've learned. I kind of learned this throughout my life is when I hear good news, I have a choice. How do I respond to it? Well, you, you do a couple of things. You receive it and you spread it. I mean, if you if if you receive really good news and it's good news for you, good news of great joy for you, a savior for you, well, it would be a shame to miss it, a shame to opportunity to respond to it. So if you're here this afternoon and you're watching and 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 maybe you're watching right now and you're kind of going, I'm gonna watch this because, well. If I watch it with the people that said we're going to watch it, maybe they'll give me gifts. Maybe they'll give me food later. Maybe we get to experience something if we're doing this. Here's the interesting thing about it all. When we when you hear good news, you don't do anything with it. See, I think what happens people do is like I have to do something. You've heard that before. Like I've got to um, I got to get my life together. People, when you hear good news, that's not good news. That's 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 good advice. You know, I, good news, you need to straighten up. Good news, you need to change your behavior. You need to act a certain way, do a certain thing. Listen, that's not good news. That's not even old. That's not even new news. That news has been kind of spread and really kind of fake news for the last several hundred years of the church. It sounds like religion, doesn't it? To straighten up, the sh shall not do this. You will be judged if you don't and all that's going on. No, no, that's not the good news of Jesus when you hear the good news, it's it's not about making a list of things you've got to do, because that's guess what? We'll all fail at that. Oh, good news. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow Jesus. I gotta do this, this, and this. You're not gonna do it. You're not gonna make it. I'm not gonna make it. You might even already go on, man. I'm eating too much in the holidays. I'm gonna do a New Year's resolution. Good luck with that. Most people don't make it through the month of January. So find a different plan. I'm encouraging you because respond to the good news is not about getting stuff done. It's about receiving it, receiving it. Don't just come to church. Don't just try to make things happen. Nothing wrong with any of that. Good news is not something we earn or achieve. It's simply we accept. These shepherds in the cold, dark night, they looked and they realized what was as they came gather and it became a very holy night. By the way, in a, in a few minutes here, we're going to we're going to have a holy moment. We're going to light a candle. And if you have any candles or a flashlight or your cell phone, you can be remembering this. When we hold it up, this light was there. It was there shining the light. They're experiencing the light of God, but it wasn't anything they were doing. The good news is not something you do. It's something you receive. This last year, you might have heard a lot of bad news. It might have been, it, 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 but it was sudden news. I don't, I don't know when I hear news, like I'm surprised sometimes, or I'm not surprised. It just happened. Sudden things. This, 
this other day, I did a memorial service for some loved ones that passed away. Their loved one passed away. It was very difficult news for them during the holiday season. Stuff happens. But how do we respond? And, and life happens. And people pass away and people get sick. And there's, there is suddenness that happens in life. But how do we respond to that? Well, what we do is we accept the good news of great joy, Savior's been born. That's, that's when we encounter Christ. And what we have, no matter what news happens, what we receive is his very presence. You see, today, if you're looking for a sign from God, some people look in nature. Some people look and they'll, they'll see heart-shaped rocks. They'll see, they'll see all kinds of phenomenal things. And not that God can't speak through rocks and God can speak through nature, but God did a better thing. He spoke. He knew that wasn't going to be a jumbotron in the sky or an ad campaign or a big sign or a big screen. He didn't send a, a stunt double. He sent his very self. It's called the incarnation. Jesus came as Emmanuel, God with us. It was a brilliant plan. If you're going to reveal yourself, it's going to be to come as yourself, to show who you were. It's the best news. And it's the greatest news. And it's the greatest gift wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger, the perfect lamb of God, the good news of great joy. Jesus, the, the son, God, the son. That's the good news to accept it. It's what transforms us. And in that transform transformation, that good news of great joy is for all people. In a few moments, I want to pray with you an opportunity to respond to that good news, to receive that good news. But here's something that's probably possible is that many of you right now have already received it. Now that you receive it, what do we do with good news? We receive it, but we also spread it. See, when it's so good, you're going to want to tell people. If, if Christ is in you and you're experiencing him, you're going to want to spread it. Like, can you imagine these scruffy, smelly young guys gathering around this little, little baby? If it wasn't, it, it would be creepy if it wasn't true, right? And yet, I love how God uses the most unlikely people to deliver his message. These young men Jesus used, and what happens, their life was transformed, and they want to see other lives transformed. Now, they, when it's good news, you got to share it. It says this, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them and, and, and about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I think it's funny that they were amazed. They were like, who are you guys? Are you the scruffy, you know, smelly looking shepherds like coming through? What, who, who are you? And, and, and they knew and they were like, wait a second. Guess what? They were the delivery agents. They knew all the people in all the community and they, they were very involved. And that's the beauty of how God works. God doesn't need ad campaigns. God doesn't need big promotions. We are the walking billboards. We are the delivery boys and girls of the good news of great joy to people. People reaching people, people that are reaching out. He chose these shepherds to spread the good news. And he chose people like you and I, no matter what we come from or what we've done. And the good news that, that we have been transformed. We've encountered Christ. And now we are the carriers of his presence to share that with other people. And, and it was an amazing thing that happened. Well, we're here today because of the shepherds, right? They spread the good news of great joy. And, and you might be going, you know, I, Lord, I think you need to find somebody else to do this with. Nope. You and I, we're the carriers of his presence. God knew that using a sketchy group of social outcasts, these sheep herders to spread the good news of great joy, that he could use all people. 
all people to reach all people, younger, older, wealthier, middle-class, blue-collar professionals, people who grew up in church, people have nothing to do with church. We are the sign from God. We are the ones to deliver today in the news that we have. Now, listen, I don't know but what news we're going to experience here in 2023. We don't know the guarantees. We hope, but, you know, there, there suddenly things can, some things can happen in our life. But guess what? We've got the best news. Whatever happens that suddenly takes place in this next year, guess what? We've got the good news. The good news of great joy. The Savior has been born. And we get to share that and opportunity to experience that. Here in a moment, we're Chris, and I really appreciate, Chris, all your effort to this afternoon as we able to stream this and make it all happen for us here. But I, I want to let you know in a moment here, we're going to have a candlelighting moment. We're going to have a holy moment. And I, 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 again, I don't know what you're going to be experiencing, what you're going to go through. But think of this light. Think of this light as a direction for you in this new year. Think of the fact that you, if you have and you're carriers of the good news of great joy, that is all you need. And you're going to get you're going to be able to be carriers into the to the world and wherever you're going and whatever you're going to do. And, and you're, you're going to want to share it. You're going to want to spread it. But it is that is that Christ in you? Does he dwell? Is that the perfect lamb of God? Does he dwell in your your heart? And getting ready for it. So I don't know what's ahead for you, but I know this, and this is a challenge is to be present in the moment. You know, as I mentioned, our son is getting married next week. In fact, if the way this is being, being communicated to you right now, it'll happen just a week away that he will be saying, I do, and he will be married. Our only begotten son uh, getting married. But here's the thing about it is my heart and, and, and we're preparing and helping for the preparation of the big day is this, that I want to behold him. I want to, when I see him, I'm going to be focused on him. I want to be present with him. As he sees his bride to be walked down the aisle, I'm going to be looking at him. I'm going to look at his expression. I'm going to be focused on him. Can I tell you the same thing is to, in this Christmas season, to be focused on the sun, to be focused and behold the son of God. The baby that's lying in the manger is the one that grew up and died on the cross for us. Can you picture him in the manger, but can you also picture him on the cross? Can you behold the perfect lamb of God that was sacrificed for us? Take a moment. Let's take a moment. Let's take a holy moment and to remember him and, and to, to remember what he did for us. He is the good news of great joy. He is the savior that has been born. And as we do that, I want to encourage you with one more thing that Mary did. After, it's interesting, how the Christmas story ends is this. She was present in the moment. She modeled how to respond. Look at this last verse. Luke writes, wraps up the Christmas story. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. Can you join me in a moment to ponder and to treasure? That word treasure means to think about deeply, to meditate what's meaningful about Christmas. That's what makes this day, that's what makes this evening holy. Is not what anything we've done, but what God has done by sending his son to come and to be born and to come and then to die and then to be risen from the dead. That's who we behold. That's who we look to is the source and the solution to give us this peace, not peace by force, but peace that we receive through his presence in us. Will you ponder with me? Will you take a moment with me?
and have a, a holy night, a holy moment as we sing here in a moment. But first, let us pray this Christmas Eve. Father, I pray for all those that are online right now, all those that are streaming in this very moment, but also everyone that will be also just watching this recording. They might be listening from their car. They might be working out. They might be, they might be doing other things. And will, will they, Lord, whether you help them to take this moment right now and to ponder you, they would look into that manger. They would see that baby that who represents the perfect lamb of God, the good news of great joy, the bundling joy that's there for us to foreshadow what Jesus, you did on the cross of dying for our sins. Your perfect lamb, being the perfect lamb of God, sacrificed for us. That's the good news. And Lord, there's nothing we can do to earn or buy it or do anything for it. It's only that we receive it. And so I pray for those right now. They say, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. I receive your good news of great joy. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want you to be the Lord Savior King of my life, so I can have your true peace to live in me and through me. And whatever happens, whatever suddenly takes place in this next year, I know I have you already and I've received you as Lord. But Lord, I pray for everyone else that as we received you, Lord, and the good news, Lord, we would spread it because we're so passionate about you. And we go into this new year, we are the carriers, Lord. There's no better advertisement than your very presence that affects the other people around us, who we live with, who we work with, who we go to school with. Lord, may we be used of you. And Lord, I pray this moment right now as we have this holy moment, Lord, that we could, like Mary did, we ponder it all and treasure in our heart all that you've done and all that you're doing and all that you will do through us this Christmas season and be carriers of your presence into 2023. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for those gathering in my living room and those who are gathering online here. And I just want to encourage you, if you need any kind of prayer, just let us know. Message us from whatever sources you see that are connected through our website and through our uh, social media. Let us know how we can encourage you. And if you pray to prayer receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'd love to know that. Let me know and how we can encourage you and pray for you. I hope that you can join us next Sunday for New Year's Day. I'm thinking all this is going to melt and you can gather. We have a special time of communion together to kick off the new year. But actually tomorrow is a special time. Our CTK network is putting on a CTK special and it streams all day tomorrow. So you can tune in on that. But I hope that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, that you can take this holy moment right now that we're going to sing. We're going to sing a holy night. Will you join me as Chris leads us? Merry Christmas and have a wonderful 